Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while 2023, you guys, and I'm winging it. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. That's the website, the Dork Forest, if you like a determiner. Dorkforest.com also works. JackieCation.com has all of my stand-up information. Like, it has videos, it has pictures, it has links to this podcast and to my other podcast with Lori Kilmartin. It has a merch store that has Dork Forest t-shirts. It has all of my stand-up merch and all of my CDs and DVDs. So, that's what you know about websites. There's an opportunity because uh, we're in the new year here that you can donate to the Dork Forest. I don't have a Patreon. I don't have uh, anything really set up, though I understand you can set up on PayPal a monthly if you wanted to. Uh, you could donate and uh, be of uh, to support the show. This is the 17th season, the 17th year I've been putting this stuff out. It's free, but if you have money and would like to throw me some money, boy, howdy. Uh, uh, there's a PayPal. The, uh, there is at my webs at my email address, actually, Jackie at JackieCation.com, which you can also email me and tell me how much you're enjoying the show. You can also do Venmo if you'd like, which is just Jackie Cation, no hyphen, all one word, picture of this, this person, me. And then um, I think that's it. I think I have Zell, but it's too complicated. Other than that, let's do the credits. Patrick Brady, still in, fixing the audio all these years later. Give it up to Patrick Brady. That's what a lot of your donations support, by the way, because I like to uh, share the wealth. And then um, Bill Mose, he does the websites. And Mike Rickberg wrote and sang that song composed and sang that song with his wife now, Sarah. And uh, at the end, he sings uh, the Mexican hat dance, which is always fun. Anyway, I'm sure there's more to it. There's a band camp that has a bunch. It has like a, a, a stand-up storytelling album that was never released. It's uh, There's also a, a bunch of live episodes that many of them are free. There were 200 episodes that were not pre-recorded, and I sort of culled through those, and I pulled like 17 of the best ones. There's an album collection of that, 17 Hours of Dork Forest. If you run through all of the episodes, go to bandcamp.com, Dork Forest, or Google those words and you'll find it. Anyway, there's probably more. I can't remember any of it, but you're doing great. Feel free to enjoy the show. Hi, Jackie Cation in my garage with Portland. Uh, I don't know. You're like an animating, I, like you've worked in animate. Whatever. It's Bill Oakley, you guys. Welcome to the program, <laughs> Bill Oakley. Thank you. I'm pl I'm pleased to be here. There we go. And your Instagram is at that Bill Oakley, and Oakley is spelled O A K L E Y. That's right. And um, you've worked in animation for a million years, but you have a show that's coming that's going to tour, like a like that's an right. Adult Swim show. That's right. Uh, back in late in 1999, my partner Josh Weinstein and I. We were the head writers and showrunners of The Simpsons back in the day. Right. And uh, when we left The Simpsons, we created a show called Mission Hill. Um, and the show uh, aired brief, very briefly on the WB network when that was a thing. Uh, but then it got picked up by Adult Swim. And they aired those same 13 episodes over and over and over uh, for a long time between like 2003 and 2010. Okay. Anyway, the, during that, the show developed this cult following. And it is a very loyal cult following. Uh, but the show hasn't been available anywhere except there's like a bootleg version on YouTube with the wrong music. 
Um, and what happened is that this year, thanks to the efforts of a very dedicated fan, we have the entire series upgraded to 4K with all the original music restored. And the only way to see it is in a movie theater with us. Okay. Uh, and so Josh and I are touring around. We already did Portland and LA sold out shows. And we're going to uh, DC, Chicago, Seattle, um, Atlanta, and New York, uh, and several other cities as well. But check out, follow my Twitter, okay. and I'll update you on that. Uh, uh, that Bill Oakley. That, that Bill Oakley on Twitter and Instagram, and you'll find out yes. uh, where you'll be doing theaters in those cities. Uh, it's 2023, obviously. So yes. know in your hearts that you should uh, tune in to that Bill Oakley. And Mission Hill, just uh, we let, let me digress and ask, what is... What was the premise of Mission Hill? I never saw it. I didn't have cable uh, well, in the 90s. That, Very sad. No, it's no fault of yours. Uh, a lot of people didn't see it. Um, it was basically, when we worked at The Simpsons, Josh and I just kind of realized that there was, there was nobody on the entire show between the ages of 12 and 35, except for Otto, who's not that, not that fun to write for. And we were like, let's make a show where most of the characters are between those ages. So it's a show about uh, two brothers, one of whom is 24, the other is 17. Um, and they have, live in this kind of hip area called Mission Hill, which back then was the equivalent of like uh, Silver Lake or oh, okay. like a park in Chicago with with the, some roommates. And it's kind of the, it's a lot about the stories of not it's high school stories and stories about like being young and your crappy first job as well. And it was written kind of in a Simpsonsy style. Okay. And it had and it had a, it also had this gay couple, Gus and Wally, who became probably the most popular thing in the whole show. Um, and that also has kind of spawned its own fandom separate from Mission Hill as well. Okay. Well, uh, I look forward to watching it with the wrong music on YouTube and then possibly coming <laughs> and seeing it at the movie theaters. Fantastic. So uh, that is awesome. Bill Oakley, your dorkdom, you're like, it's a potato chip. And I was like, I've never, I've, I know what a potato chip is, but you have a very specific potato chip. What is it? All dressed. Potato I, chips. A L L dressed as a dr A L L hyphen dressed. This is and I can go into so much. This is gonna be so good. It's so entertaining <laughs> for people who care about this topic. Okay, so you you never. It's not surprising that you have never heard of this. You're not Canadian. No. Nope. Right. Okay. This. Okay. Th it's a. Okay. Let's say all dressed is a flavor. Okay. It's a flavor that they have in Canada that we don't have in the U.S. Okay. And what all dressed means? It's it's an expression. That means kind of like with the works, okay, or or everything on it, okay, you know, right? Yep. All dressed, it means everything on it. So it's a potato chip flavor that is a combination of other potato chip flavors uh, that include barbecue, salt and vinegar, and ketchup. And ketchup, yes, is a normal and very popular potato chip flavor in Canada, which is not popular in the U.S. Also, some versions of all dressed also add a fourth flavor, which is sour cream and onion. So it's got all those flavors on them, and this and and. It's probably the most popular potato chip flavor in Canada, all dressed. And it's not just it, 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 the, what? let me begin by saying yeah. the Ruffles, Ruffles all dressed Canadian are the best potato chip I've ever on, on earth. And I've had thousands of flavors of potato chips, but the Ruffles all dressed combine the excellence of that flavor with the perfect texture for delivering that flavor. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Any questions so far? Uh, yes. <laughs> First of all, uh, is it, so you can't get it in the United States. It's literally just that they're hacking other potato chips. Yes. Well, it's more, it's a little bit more than that. You can get approximations of it. It's an interesting, this is why one of the things that I have a dorkdom, a deep, deep dorkdom <laughs> about. Okay. So yeah, it's a combination of other flavors. And this flavor was invented in 1978 in Canada 
by a potato chip company there. And it was quickly copied by a lot of the other Canadian potato chip companies. And now the flavor all dressed, that's a flavor that people know, you know, like, like barbecue or whatever. And it's not just on potato chips. You can get it on other things. They have like, uh, in fact, I have one right here, like flavoring that you can shake onto your popcorn. Oh, okay. Oh, they they just put it in a jar and they sell it as that. And you can create your own. Yeah, here, look right here. Look, okay. I got it right here. This somebody mailed me. Canadians mail me a lot of nice. Canadians are very generous, and they've been mailing me a lot of nice stuff from their food Instagram. <laughs> That's a f- all dressed popcorn seasoning right there. Okay. And um, there's, it, it's like it's on peanuts. It's on all sorts of different snack foods. Uh, and it's very distinctly Canadian. Although we have some approximations of it here, and that's also part of my dorkdom is the <laughs> cataloging the long the series of things that we have that are like all dressed or approximations <laughs> of them that, that Americans, because Americans don't understand what that, fla- what that fla- phrase means. Right. And, um, and so we have a number of other potato chips like those, like for instance, in 20, in 2015. Okay. Okay. R- Ruffles, the yeah. Ruffles, the, the Ruffles brought, tried to bring it, tried to bring this flavor to America. Okay. And they, you only saw it, it, it it wasn't in grocery stores for long. It was in grocery stores maybe for several months or a year. Okay. Uh, and they they, they did get all, all dressed and they put like Canadian maple leaf on it. And they were like, it's Canada's favorite flavor, but people didn't understand what it was. And so like there was a lot, the advertising, they did some advertising for it that was really loaded with a whole bunch of corny Canadians, like Bob and Doug McKenzie type stuff. Okay. You know, that was like, hey, it's Canadians, it's Canadian's favorite flavor, eh? And like hockey and beavers and stuff like that. And it didn't really catch on. Although they were good, they weren't the same. They weren't the same as the Canadian things because Americans, another avenue I can go down, Americans don't like stuff as spicy or vinegary as people in Canada do. Okay. But so they had to tone were them they down. being made in Canada? Like the thing is, is they should be, if you want to do it right, you got to. I suspect they were being made in America at, right. the, at a Lay's, at a Ruffles factory here. Okay. Um, I don't know where they were manufactured. It seems like it would be easy, it would be too complicated to import them. <laughs> right. Um, maybe maybe it is. That so they okay. So those sold for a while and then they vanished. They vanished during the pandemic. Oh. From shelves and okay. then they came back briefly again and then they vanished again. And I think what happened is that, that it just, they just weren't selling well um, because Americans. This is the thing that. And another long avenue I'm happy to go down is the American palate versus the Canadian palate. Um, Uh, (laughs) It's interesting. Well, go ahead. Well, I'm I'm just curious because if like if I Google all dressed potato chips, I find Ruffles and I find Old Dutch. Yeah. But Old I Dutch is a major brand in right, Canada. That, that's a that's a regular brand. We had it in Wisconsin. But I don't understand uh, why. Like, what's the what's the is it just is that the brand name All Dressed? All Dressed is not a trademark. It, it can be used by anybody. It's like saying salt and pepper. Okay. You know, but or with it, the works. But it's a kid. Okay. So it's not. So when you, when I go to Canada and I walk into a grocery store and I'm like, I want these potato chips. Am I buying old Dutch or Ruffles all dressed that are You'll only sold? You'll see five sold? brands. There's so many, there's many different brands. Okay. Uh, Ruffles is the best. Which one? Uh, unquestionably Ruffles. Okay. Um, but they're also made by old Dutch. They're made by, um, President's Choice, which is another brand, grocery store brand up there. <laughs> They're made by um, other, like every place, just like we, every brand of potato chips has an all-dressed flavor. It's just okay. like every brand of potato chips here has, has a barbecue flavor. Or and a, a sour or cream a cool ranch flavor. or sour cream. Yeah, yeah. right. It's right. Uh, salt and vinegar has actually become very popular. I I thought, I've seen, I've seen it very popular. So you would think that all-dressed, so does all-dressed, is that like an everything bagel? That's what you're saying. It's, it's garlic, it's salt, it's pepper, it's... 
it's it is it's not those flavors. It's right. the flavors I, I said earlier. Right. But yes, it, it's common. It's basically taking four very popular potato chip flavors and putting all the flavoring on Say one chip. Say them again. Say them again just so we can catch okay. up. It's barbecue. Okay. Salt and vinegar and ketchup. And some versions add sour cream and onion as well. What? I have seen basic ketchup flavored. Um, but the weird thing about ketchup is, you know what ketchup is made out of, right? I mean, it's tomato paste and sugar. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like people for some reason in Canada, ketchup is a normal popular flavor of potato chips. In America, it's not. And Lay's has tried a couple times to introduce it and it has not done well. Um, right. Smaller brands have tried, like hers has a ketchup flavor on the East Coast. Okay. Um, but people don't seem to be embracing it. Right. So the, a barbecue ketchup, salt and vinegar. Okay. I can't even imagine what that tastes like. That is it. It's not, that doesn't sound spicy. It sounds like your mouth is on fire though. It's not With, spicy. It's, it's very, it's, it's, it has a kick, it, you know, it has a vinegary kick. And that's like that, but we have, just, I can tell you, this is my, uh, another avenue of the storkdom. There's a number of American brands that have, that approximate this, but they don't call it all dressed because okay. nobody knows what that means right. in America. Um, Zaps. Have you ever seen Zaps chips? I, I have not. Okay. That's a brand. It used to be a brand that was kind of a New Orleans-y brand, but I get, most of these chip companies have been bought by conglomerates. Okay. And I think it's now part of the Utz empire. Okay. They have a, a chip called, they have two chips. They have one called uh, Voodoo which is very popular and has, it's kind of like all dressed. And they have another one called evil eye, which is another, which like the flavors are styled up a little bit in a different way. Also very good, but I don't really like the kettle chip type of chips. I don't like those, the crunch of those so much. So I don't run out of my way to get zaps. Now, voodoo. what is the difference between a kettle chip and a ruffle? Like, a, or a Pringle or when I think of a, I'd, I'm going to say something controversial here, uh, uh, Bill Oakley, which is that uh, potato chips aren't my downfall. I'm okay with a potato chip, but I I don't buy them. I don't eat any kind of chips, really. It's true. It's, I don't even like potato chips that much. It's, <laughs> it's just that they're an interesting. They're easy yeah, to mail to me. <laughs> right, and they truly are. But so, but the uh, there's a normal potato chip. Like I I will get an occasional small bag of I like sour cream and uh, onion. Yeah. I like uh, salt and vinegar, and I and I don't buy it. I you know what I like sometimes a Dorito. Very different dorkdom, but also a chip. Uh, so, what what's the difference? Between, what is um, the a kettle chip? Is that the thicker ones? What is that? The, yes, there there are there. There's a number of different styles of potato chip. One is what you would consider just to be regular, which is like Lay's. When you get Lay's, they're just okay. regular they're and they're kind of thin, super thin. Yeah, they're right. They're thin. And and there's other ones. There's there's rippled and ruffled, which are two <laughs> varieties of the same thing. Ruffles being the most ruffled one. It's kind of it's like corduroy. You know, it looks yeah. like corduroy. <laughs> yes. And, and then there's also then there's like a a, a, a rippled, which is tends to have a wider thing. It looks more like corrugated roofing. You know, okay. That goes like this. It's like a sine wave. Yeah. Like the, and those are like um, lays wavy. Lays has a wavy variety. Okay. That's like that. Uh, and then there's the kettle chips. Kettle chips tend to be crunchier and sharper. And I don't like them because they hurt, They, you know, like they, it's oh. like eating pieces of glass oh, in your mouth. Right, right. Uh, one time I, I had Captain Crunch for the first time one time and I ate it wrong and it ripped up my mouth crazy. So I think uh, I think I know what you're talking about. So they, the, what about Cape Cod? 
those are, are those kettle, kettle? those are a slightly lighter variety of kettle chips, which I think are tolerable, but okay. I still wouldn't go out of my way to get them. Okay. I think those are, I think, because it's been a while since I've had them, that they're they're a kettle chip equivalent of of but they're not like the I've had a lot of brands of kettle chips are like they're hard. They're hard and they go. Okay. When you eat them and like, and they, sh- they're sharp little shards in your mouth. And like, <laughs> my mouth isn't all that sensitive, but I don't find that fun right? to eat that. I find it fun to eat, to eat ruffles. Right. Um, and so that's like. And ruffles anyway. is a strong chip. This is a, it's a perfectly thick chip. It, it just, yeah. but it isn't as thick as the ones that are. The implication is that you're going to use a, a sour cream dip with those kettle chips, I think. That's possible, yeah. Yeah, which I, I've, ne- I've never thought potato chips needed any kind of dip. But some people are like, what are you, nuts? You wouldn't want an onion dip with your potato chips? Some people love a dip with a chip. Uh, yeah, and I, I do too. It's just if you want to add another 90 calories per chip, that's kind of the thing you have to think about. <laughs> it's you can use them as a mechanism to pick up 90 <laughs> calories worth of sour cream and yeah. stuff. And But it's del- delicious. Yeah, I would always go for a dip if I could. And even, you know, that's one of the things about All Dressed is that it actually – it's actually really enjoyable to dip them in just plain sour cream because there's so much flavoring on the chip. Right, right. That you the don't plain need, sour cream. Right. Yeah. What about now? What do you drink with a chip? Like, cause the thing about chips is that it's, it's, I will sometimes, and this of course, uh, calorically doesn't make any sense, but sometimes with chips or popcorn, I like a diet Coke. Uh, even though it's not doing, I mean, a Coke would be another 210 calories or whatever it is, but, um, but I like the sort of the the artificial flavoring with the more artificial flavoring. You know, it sort of depends on how in- intensely flavored the chip is. I think, like, if you're having a plain potato chip, then you can have whatever you want. You can have fruit punch or whatever, you know, margarita or whatever. Right. But I think if you're having a, a chip like, for instance, all dressed or one of those like higher level barbecue ones, you might want to have something like. Well, you'd have a beer. I would say, you know, if if you were drinking beer, a beer is the ideal thing to go with a lot of potato chips. And if not, non-alcoholic beer or a, a, a soda that doesn't have a particularly strong flavor that's going to fight in your mouth for the flavor of the chip. Right. right. You don't want like a like one of those. Um, there, there's a there's a fancy there's a bunch of fancy root beers that are out. Yeah. And fancy ginger beers uh, that might you I actually it might kind of it might just add to it though I suppose it all dressed it's already so freaking busy. Yes. You kind of might want to go with like a seven up or something <laughs> or maybe. Right. It's like, you know, wearing, it's just like the way that you, you dress you, if you're going to wear a loud shirt, you're going to wear plain pants. <laughs> you don't wear two different patterns of loud, of, right. of loudness, you, you know? know? Yeah. You're just going to add to the craziness. Um, all right. What else do you know about uh, the all dressed chip? I, I, I see you looking I at know notes, so many which things. is hilarious. <laughs> That's I have, awesome. I'm, well, my, this is, people may not know this when they hear this. My my hobby is food stuff, food and snack stuff. Okay. And it's actually now halfway to becoming my new career. You know, with my Instagram, I've been doing it for five years and it's all about food and snacks. And I make somewhat funny videos okay. about fast food and snacks. And I've gotten a lot of attention as a, as a food critic of kind of what I call everyday food. You okay. don't see a lot of talking about this type of food generally. And no. um, it's, you know, it's like a, I have this club actually called the steamed ham society.com <laughs> where people, and it's a, for food enthusiasts, you know, like we want to talk about the latest chip, the latest thing that they have okay. at McDonald's, the, the incredible fried chicken sandwich you found on your trip to Tennessee, things of that nature. Okay. Uh, it's, it's for people, they should, anybody interested in that should go to steamed ham society.com and right. sign up. Right. Multiple levels of that. Um, anyway, so, but here, back to this, this, these chips, 
are, in my opinion, the best. I said the American version was a dialed down because the American palate doesn't like as much vinegariness as the Canadian palate, according to a lady who wrote this book about Canadian snack chips, <laughs> Canadian snacks. <laughs> uh, but, guys, there's literature out there. Okay. Here's the, there is. There's a whole book on Canadian snacks, if you're interested in this, that I've only read parts of. And there's a professor of Canadian food studies or whatever who, who wrote this. But let me tell you about the thing. This is the most interesting thing. I think about the American attempts to sell this type of chip, right? Like nobody prior to 2015, nobody, they never, nobody in America had ever heard of Alderus chips. And still most people haven't, as I said, Ruffles right. tried and they gave up. And, and so now we have other smaller brands like Zaps doing it. But the one place, the one place where people did fall in love with this type of chip was in prison, was in prisons. Have you heard this before? No. No. Okay, you're um, gonna like this story. How are they? Yeah. <laughs> There's a company called Keef, the Keef Group, KCN, Keef Commissary Network, which makes things that they sell in prison commissaries. And sure. it's not just food, it's like things like toothbrushes and shower sandals right, the, and stuff like that. You right? know what they got? They, they they got the account. They uh they they scored yeah. the account. <laughs> they do, okay. and they and they hold on to it they hold on to it with a great deal of, of tenacity because they they oh, also provide this food cow. it's a real they, cash totally cow. yeah they have they have a brand of chips called the whole shebang again now you think the whole shebang that also means with the works that right. also means all dressed it's the same thing um that is essentially an all dressed flavor okay and they were selling them in prisons you could only get whole shebang chips in prisons prior to like 2016 right and people inmates love them Right. And so when people who were released from prison, there are all these groups sprang up on Facebook, like, where can I get these whole shebang chips? And you couldn't get them anywhere and except, except the prison commissary. Bill, this is a hilarious story. Might also be the saddest story I've ever heard in my life. Holy <laughs> shit. I think it would be a good movie. You know, a guy oh, released from prison, he's can't find these chips it's a, anywhere. It's a good SNL, SNL sketch at the very it least. <laughs> so they, so finally- the Keefe Group began selling them online mm -hmm. in 2016, but they, they only appear sporadically because they always run out. I've had them, and they are probably the best Canadian – their best American chip, I think. There is, they're very similar. They're, the ruffling is slightly different, and the flavor is slightly different, but they're very, they're very intense. And they also make an extreme version, which has even more of that powder on them, and they make uh, like, they make, uh, like Cheetos with that flavor on them, too. So um, it's an interesting thing. And then still probably the best, if, you, if you're if you in America okay. and you want an all-dressed chip, even though it's called the whole shebang, that's the best one you can get. And you have to find it. They don't sell them in, in stores or they recently, they haven't been selling them in stores. You have to go to the website and search for the whole shebang right. chips. The whole shebang. You can get them on Amazon. What? Yes. And I, I've gotten them there. Um, they're quite expensive, but you know, you're they're getting them shipped to your They're enormously expensive. I believe you get six bags for $60. They are $10 a bag. And this feels uh, the, an original. And then there is an extreme. You are correct. That uh, that does, how many bags is that? Weird, weird. Six bags. You get six bags for 60 bucks. That feels gougy. But you know what? I can't say I'm surprised. It's a company that is uh, the Keefe, the Keefe Group. Uh, the Keefe Group uh, is a, um, yeah, they, it, it, it says that they service 
the correctional market exclusively. Yes. Yeah. And they don't want to be in the chip business. This is the thing. Like they no. have no interest in expanding into the potato chip business, they, but they're grudgingly selling these online for a, for a high price yeah, the, to the pe- small number of people who still want them. Right. Who were incarcerated and then became addicted to those chips. And then, yes. um, and then the nostalgia of back when you were incarcerated. And <laughs> That's uh, right. that is the darkest darkest thing i've ever heard in my life oh my god that is hilarious it's a weird avenue of this whole all dressed thing yes it is a weird that is an excellent way of putting it (laughs) so okay wow all right so i do kind of the next time i go to canada i'm gonna try them for sure what else you got absolutely what else you got on the that i mean i'd say that's that's you know that covers the the bases the part of the thing is part which I can go down is I can go down the difference b- between the supposed difference between the Canadian palette and the American palette. Before we or- do that, let me just say this. First of all, uh, let's take a real quick beat. There might be an ad here, you guys. Look forward to finding out now. And we're back. Was there an ad? Very exciting. Anyway, so, but here's here's my thing. That uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Maria Bamford do stand-up comedy, but uh, she's the best. And yeah. uh, But she has a joke about Foster's Freeze. Now, you love fast food, and you yeah. love different kinds of, um, just sort of, have you ever been to a Foster's Freeze? Yes, I have. Not that, not, it hasn't been, it's been for a while, but there used to be one in Santa Monica when I lived in L.A., Go to periodically. And they are, uh, they're almost all gone now. But uh, Maria is doing a joke about uh, how they are essentially a dirty Dairy Queen. It's essentially, <laughs> uh, it's, it's. That's uh, really saying something too, because Dairy Queen isn't exactly a dodgy. paragon yeah, of cleanliness anyway. Exactly. She's like, it's not owned by a big corporation, so you could ask for anything at a Foster's freeze. And she talks about wanting a, past- you could say to them, I would like a pastrami sandwich fit on top of a shake so that I put the straw through the pastrami sandwich and you get a savory and a sweet and a savory and a sweet. And they would just go, okay, next window, try to step over the needles. And um, (laughs) the, um, what is your, but so before you tell me about the difference between this pallet business, I do kind of, I am kind of curious what your favorite fast food is or what, do you have do you have exciting fast food? Because you said that there was there was fast food that you also enjoyed or snacks. Oh yeah, no, I and I totally. I should also say that on my Instagram, I do an award show every year for fast food and snack food. It's called the Steamy. Again, this is what I when people say uh, steam steam tams is the thing I wrote for the Simpsons. 20 years ago that okay. is take on this own own life of its own. It's a sketch that appeared on the show one okay. time and it's a euphemism for hamburgers. Okay. So when I do things that are related to steam, that's what it is. And so the steamy awards, which have now been going on for five years are on my Instagram every year. And there are 59 second awards that honor the best fast food, snack food, potato chips, etc. It's because Burger King grills their burgers, but then they nuke them. Is that why it's steamed hamburgers? No, it is because that uh, it's you have to watch this. It's a Simpsons thing. It's hard okay. to explain to people no, who no, haven't seen it. No, that's fine. <laughs> but uh, well, the weird thing is, is I've literally probably seen twelve years of The Simpsons, but there's thirty years of The Simpsons. The ones that that uh, and I remember steamed ham from it, but not enough to quote the uh, to quote the episode. Meaning that I love the I love uh, The Simpsons, not my dorkdom, sadly. But uh, <laughs> but I I will. Uh, but that is so. It's steamedham.com. Steamedhamssociety.com. <laughs> Society.com. Okay. Well, let me get that, fix that right. Okay. Yes. That's where people can sign up to, to get a paradise of food, 
fun info community of people, fellow food enthusiasts of every stripe from all <laughs> right. over the world. Right. So what what this this last it's 2023 and it is only February. Have you done these awards yet? Yes, they are usually they're in the last week of the year, usually okay. like December tenth or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I did them already for for twenty twenty two. What yes. what was uh what was because okay so here is my guilty pleasure of of fast food is the sausage and egg McMuffin from uh, McDonald's. That's very solid. Very it, solid. It's solid. It's got the a boatload of salt and it's essentially a salt lick that has good chew value. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's not, it's not good for me, but now I kind of want one anyway. But uh, the, what's your favorite or what did you well know, last year? It's, it's okay. Well, first of all, it's extremely hard because there's so many different categories of fast food that, you know, there's, there's tacos, there's chicken, there's, there's subs, whatever. So it's hard. And I kind of blend them all together. The the absolute best thing I had last year and and the best fast food burger I've ever eaten was from Culver's. Oh. Have you ever heard of Culver's? Yeah. You know Culver's? Wisconsin. Culver's. Yeah. yeah. Culver's is, is all over. It doesn't come to California nope. or Oregon where I live. It doesn't go any further West than Idaho, but I had a chance to try Culver's. You know, it has a very good reputation, very good word of mouth. Um, and I had, I finally got to try it after years of, 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 you know, chasing it, you know, never being in the state where they had one. I got to try it in Utah last summer and it was terrific. It like, I have, I had five different items and three of them were the best type of that thing I'd have ever had. <laughs> the best cheeseburger, right. the double butter burger from Culver's sure. best cheeseburger I've ever had in the fast food universe period. Wow. Okay. Um, their fish sandwich also best fast food sandwich I've ever had in the fish. And I've had some good ones too. Mm -hmm. Like as good as a fish sandwich from a good restaurant. Okay. You know, um, their pot roast sandwich, also spectacular. Like that place like nails it. It's like, it's also hard to say whether it's exactly fast food because it kind of, it's one of those things kind of like five guys where it takes about 10, 15 minutes to get your food. But it's so not does like In-N-Out. In In-N-Out is, oh, first yeah. of all, is not an In-N-Out experience. It is, it no, is an in, no. stand around for 15 minutes and then you get to leave. Uh, yeah. but they do make everything fresh. So there's that. Um, yes. I cust, uh, whenever I go back to Wisconsin, I try to go to Leon's custard, uh, stand, which is the basis of happy days. That's what happy days was based on. Oh, wow. Yeah. In Milwaukee it was. And, um, but I didn't get to this last time I was just home last week. And, uh, but if I can't get there, I go, I try, I at least try to do the drive through through at Culver's for, for a cust. I love frozen custard. It's my yeah, favorite it's kind delicious. of ice cream. Yeah. I had that. I had that too. I had some. I had one of their uh, concretes, yeah. as they call them, magnificent. Like that. It's it's hard for any other place to compete in that in that kind of thing. But the thing is, Culver's is not available every year. Every another chain that you may not have heard of is Freddy's Steak Burgers, which is also a Midwestern chain. Have you been there? I have not been there, but I have driven by them. Going, I didn't know it was a chain. That's interesting. Where are they yeah. in Illinois or Indiana or something? Well, they their their headquarters is in Kansas, but Kansas. they're all over the Midwest. And there's also some. They never do it in metropolitan areas, but there's even some in California, but like the nearest ones are like in Cucamonga or, or Thousand Oaks or something like that, right? Okay. Um, but their burger, their uh, their double like uh, smash burger burger is second is only second to Culver's. It's also magnificent. And many of the items on their menu, including their fries, are spectacular. Okay. And that's like the chains that you can get everywhere. For instance, McDonald's, Burger King, KFC yeah. can't quite compete in that same 
arena. But like I, I would say of the burgers you can get anywhere in America and not counting Five Guys or Shake Shack because they're not fast food. Right. The McDonald's Quarter Pounder Deluxe would be my favorite, which is the bur- a quarter pounder that comes with the lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise and, um, you know, and catch all the other yeah, stuff. Yeah. Which is really good and it's definitely even significantly improved since they got the fresh beef quarter pounder five years ago. Okay. Wow. I, you know, and um, as you told me about the greatest sandwiches in the world, I had to, uh, I had to Google Freddy's. It's also got frozen custard. Yes. It's well, pretty similar to Culver's in, in, in a way. Right. They, they're in Vegas. I'm playing Vegas in a, yeah. in a month or so. I went there. Every time I go to Vegas, I go there. I take a $40 lift to the, the nearest Freddy's from the Strip. And um, that's where I, that's the only place I've ever had them. Oh, wow. Because they're in Victorville and Bakersfield. Yeah. And that's ridiculous. And then uh, they're in Nevada. They're in Nevada a lot. So, and Yuma, Arizona. Weird. Okay. Um, yeah. That's too bad because I'm not going to Victorville. I've been to Victorville. <laughs> it's not great. It's a shitty Bakersfield. No. Uh, so, <laughs> it's... Um, I love the idea of, so is there, do you do, when you do fast food, when you, when, when you do these awards, do you also do vegetables? Like, do you do any sort of vegetarian or vegan-y stuff? I do. I, uh, I didn't have a, this category th- uh, this year, but I often have had a vegetarian or vegan category mm-hmm. because there's so much more of it. And again, it's not really that kind of thing. that's not really covered nationally. Like I have finally had here in Portland, some of the best vegan burgers I've ever like vegan burgers that easily beat most non-vegan burgers. Um, but they're not like they're not nationally available. So and I also have a local I have a local Portland steamies that is more like that is just like posted on my Instagram story. It's oh, not I can't so wait com- to complicated. the next time I come to Portland, I'm totally uh gonna go there and, and use it as a suggestion. And do is there because I I play there's a small theater called the Siren Theater that I do stand up there. Uh-huh. Uh Maybe once a year, maybe once every year and a half. Um, Because the comedy club, the Helium Club, uh, doesn't book me. I have rage. Anyway, uh, I'll I'll keep moving. Uh, But but I will say that um, I like the idea of sort of fast food that is sort of vegetarian. I'm I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not a vegan. (laughs) I am. I'm meaty meat meat. But I also, but I love the idea of like a really good, like I used to have a tempeh Reuben. At a at a great hippie place called the French Meadow in Minneapolis, they still make it. It's amazing, but it's just a, a block of tempeh uh-huh. that has been essentially seared, <laughs> heated through, and then it's got Thousand Island dressing and and um, and sauerkraut on it. And you put it on two pieces of real nice bread, and and oh, and Swiss cheese, making it not vegan at all, but um, <laughs> but it's delicious. And so it is, sounds great. Yeah, is there? I mean, you can make. It probably would still be pretty good if it was just like a block of cardboard in there because it's all the <laughs> toppings that you have, the sour cream, I'm sorry, the sauerkraut yes. and the and the Thousand Island dressing already are going to make it good no matter what's in the middle there. Right. Which is exactly what happens with the Impossible Whopper at Burger King. The Impossible Burger Whopper that they have there, yeah. it doesn't matter what's in the middle of the burger so much. It's the other stuff that gives it its flavor. Okay. Yeah. I don't mind um, cheeseburger wise. I'll do, I think, a Burger King over a McDonald's, but I don't know what they're doing to the sausage and egg. I don't know what kind of what the. It's well, Burger probably King people, is people, but the Burger King is in bad shape menu wise, except for the Whopper. The Whopper, which I still, I actually consider the Whopper to be possibly my favorite, maybe tied with the other McDonald's thing I just mentioned, 
as that's the one thing that I really want and I crave from time to time because I love all the toppings. It really works well together. Yeah. And they also have these other, these original chicken sandwiches, which are their chicken sandwiches from the 70s that they brought back recently, which are also very good. Um, they're very processed. It's not like you're, it's like a chicken patty. Okay. That's, that, that, you know, it's from Is the era a, when people didn't. A fried chicken? Yeah. It's kind okay. of like a fry. It's not like a fried chicken sandwich like Popeye's. It's like a, it's like a chicken patty. Like you get from Tyson in the freezer section. Oh, you know, oh, like in the ground, grocery store. Ground chicken. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they're, they're like, they're on a sub roll. It's been around for 50 years there. And, um, but they have some new versions of it, like the Mexican version, which I thought were delicious. This is not for people who want their, their, their fast food to feel natural. You know, it's not, it's <laughs> no. back from the era of the McRib when people didn't mind how processed things were. This, right. There's the, the weirdest thing about the McRib is that there is absolutely no bones. I mean, but they shape them like bones. And the meat is not from ribs. It's it, from pork shoulder, which is also not the same as ribs. Right. That's a different part of the, you didn't, <laughs> you remember when Lisa became a vegetarian? Sure. <laughs> it's a, uh, um, but I remember that's one of my favorite lines is when is is when Homer asks her if she's like all of those animals are the same animal. Right. Like it's was some magical animal. Bacon and pork chops yes. and all that stuff in the same <laughs> yeah, animal. Yeah, yes. It's weird. Ham. And um but so one thing is Andy Ashcraft, my husband, my fella, uh his favorite fried chicken sandwich is from Foster's Freeze. Wow. I never heard anybody say that in all the years I've been doing this. Right. So I don't know if you, now there's a new, I don't know if it's a, it's a tiny chain here in Los Angeles. It's a Korean fried chicken place and they have a fried chicken. That's pretty good, but he cannot find a good, the best fried chicken sandwich that rivals that Foster's Freeze. Do you have such a well, the best fried chicken sandwich that you could get at a fast food restaurant is Popeye's. Oh. I mean, everybody, that's kind of universally acknowledged. Okay. When Popeye's introduced their sandwich, like in, what was it, 2017, 2018, mm -hmm. it totally upset the entire fast food universe because <laughs> it like it was so much <laughs> better than everything. And everyone else started launching their, their sandwiches after that. Okay. Um, and, and so the Popeye's, the spicy one in particular, is magnificent. And Popeye's generally... And they never mess it up. The Popeyes is always an A, A minus at worst. Generally, you don't get a lot of the chains don't the, the individual chains don't screw it up okay. like you find with other places. You know. Okay. Uh, that this is good to know. This is good to know. I'm willing to. I don't. Uh, he also enjoys a Taco Bell situation. Taco Bell's good. It's good, and it it, it has the, if there's certain something that makes you crave Taco Bell that like it, there's nothing else that will substitute for Taco Bell. You know, and and and. It's got a lot of fans. Like each menu item has its own set of fans and stuff, you know? <laughs> I, uh, I, whatever, I, I can't, I never go to a Taco Bell uh, on purpose. But if I end up at a Taco Bell, I like to watch them squeeze the food out of a gun. Because it is the sign of the, it's just like, that's why I don't, I don't know, I don't want food coming out of a gun. But, um. But, You're better off not knowing where the food came from. You can't watch. You shouldn't watch it. <laughs> I shouldn't watch it. I, then I just eat it, and I'm like, "This is yet another processed, delicious, salty MSG moment." With that, exactly. And because I, what MSG literally does, I'm told, is it expands your taste buds. It makes it makes them bigger, which makes everything taste more. Which is I why, think that's correct. Yeah, I'm not sure, but it sounds correct. That's the science on it, to my knowledge. Um, so. Um, when I go to Canada, there is, 
I, then this is me trying to bring it back to something that you might want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to talk about any it's, food related matter. Right. So what do you, what have you noticed the difference between the American palate and the, and the Canadian palate? Well, it, here's the thing that can he, in Canada, as uh, the number one flavor of chips is all dressed. Okay. Right. In America, the number one flavor of chips is plain. <laughs> that says a lot about really? the difference between Americans. Lay's best, Lay's, Lay's plain potato chips are by far the best potato chips in America, way above barbecue, like huh. twice as much as barbecue. And like that's, and, you know, charitably, we can assume that that's because people maybe want to dip them in stuff. Okay. And not just that people love the, cha- the bland taste of plain potatoes, <laughs> which might be real, really the case, but- from what from what this prof- Canadian food professor has written, that like the nature of the Canadian demographic, there's a lot more people from Eastern Europe who migrated there and things, and people who had who liked vinegary flavors. Okay, you know, and, and people as opposed to uh, America, where people at least people in the upper Midwest came from Norway and Sweden and stuff, where they had more desire for sour cream e flavors, you know, and so that is why when they did this. When Ruffles did this, they toned down the all-dressed chips for, oh, okay. Ameri- for the American palate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They, they, va- they, you can look at the. Ca- I'm not the only person who's interested in this. People on Reddit, <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing this. We're, we're kind of comparing the ingredients list, the chemical ingredients. Here's list what of you want to do: chips. you go to that's Bill Oakley on Twitter, or Instagram, <laughs> and then you look at who he's following. That's okay. right. It's- that's right. They, they, well. I will say what happened is they really toned down the ingredients. Okay. They took, there's this, this thing called acetic acid, which is basically what makes vinegar taste tangy. Okay. And they removed that uh, from the American version, among oh other things. Um, and so, I mean, I assume that Lay's knows what they're doing. They've been in this business for a hundred years. They know Americans aren't going to want this if it's too tangy. So take out the acetic acid. Right. You know, and that's like the, um, that's I think part of the thing. And then I can certainly say for sure that the Canadian... Canadians have an incredible assortment of delicious potato chips that we don't have here. The flavors are stronger. They're richer. There's all sorts of, of very adventurous flavors that we don't get here in our market. Because a lot of times the shelves are taken up. It's probably a, a thing where, you know, Lay's says, we're going to get eight feet of supermarket space. Right. Everybody else can go screw themselves. <laughs> and Lay's populates it with the ones that are popular, sour right, cream right. and onion, barbecue, plain. Do the, right. And do they have, like, what are some of the flavors that are in Canada that we don't have here at all? Like, I mean, I feel like the, I saw when I was, sometimes I'll go to the 99 cents only store and I'll see like a chicken flavored potato chip or like a weird meat flavored potato chip that you're like, well, I see why it's here. I don't want that. But yeah. yeah. Well, Americans don't like that kind of thing. I mean, like, let's just say, for example, I said, I mentioned this line called President's Choice, which yep. I guess is like their, their Kroger, right? They have this whole thing. They had a whole line of flavors uh, just recently that were like Korean barbecue, Thai curry, harissa hummus, Jamaican jerk chicken, oh, and wow. Portuguese chicken, which was absolutely the best flavor that I ate that year, two years ago. Oh, wow. Um, like, we don't have any of that. Even even the adventurous chip flavor companies in America, like yeah. Saps or whatever, are not doing that. What What is the Portuguese flavor? I love the Portuguese chicken in Montreal. It's one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. 
I so, don't. I don't know the first thing about Portuguese chicken. You tell me. Right. I don't know what it well, is. Por- uh, it's just different spices. And then there's also a Portuguese sausage that I also enjoy a great deal. It's called linguiça. Yeah. And linguiça, I found out about that on Cape Cod because there were a lot of Portuguese immigrants who were fishermen who settled on the Cape and in Massachusetts. And so I worked at a hot dog stand in the late 90s. In late late 90s? Late 80s. Late 80s. I'm 100 years old. And um, and they they uh they they would deep fry the linguisa and put it on a hot dog bun, and Ooh. you would have that with mustard, and it was a delight. If you ever get a chance to just buy linguisa and and fry it up and put it on a hot dog bun with mustard, uh, knock yourself out. You're not gonna you go fry wrong. it like you fry it like in a pan, or you deep fry it. They, we deep fried it because we had a fry later so with like but, a batter. Uh, no batter. Just literally just crisp it up to the, to like 190 degrees, 200, a million degrees. But if you pan fry it, like if you split it and pan fry it, Uh you could do it in butter. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm going to get some. I know I've seen that in in In, in fancier grocery grocery stores. Yeah, it's in the grocery. So you could just pan fry that. I I sometimes just slice it up because there's also an amazing linguisa and kale soup. It's all it is, is kale, linguisa, onions, Chicken broth, life is good, and uh, wow, that yeah, sounds good. There's because because the way they flavor the linguisa is that it's it's got a great spice to it, right? The sausage, it's like a, a spicy Italian sausage to some extent, but it's different spices because it is Portuguese. Uh, so, uh, wow, I just went off for about a minute on uh, linguisa. No, I liked it. It's informative. I'm going to pick up some linguisa. All right, and it's spelled linguica, uh, but it is pronounced linguisa. Excellent. <laughs> there you go. What else you got? You got, um, well, yeah. I think that covers it. I mean, for, um, I can go, I could, uh, I think that covers the all dress thing. Basically what I would say to people, uh, who are in America mm-hmm. is if you're interested, you can still order the ruffles all dressed. It's expensive as hell. It's like 25 bucks to get one bag shipped here. Yeah. You can order ruffles all dressed. But they are, I don't, I could certainly say categorically of the a thousand or more chips I've had in the past five years, Ruffles All Dressed are the best. The Canadian ones. Okay. However, if the American ones come back, they're still very good. They're just not quite the same. Right. Um, they're slightly get them, different. If you see them in the store, they're slightly different. They're slightly more ketchupy, uh, barbecue-y, and a little less vinegary. Okay. Um, uh, but that's like, there's, and it's a flavor that I think, I think people will embrace, you know, people who are. It's not spicy, okay, but it's a very it's very tangy. It's got a lot of different types of spices in it, and it's um, I have found that it's my favorite flavor. Even on these other things like the popcorn seasoning and the peanuts and stuff, mm-hmm. um, it has really become a flavor that I seek out whenever I can whenever I can find it. Awesome, uh, I am still fascinated by the Keefe people and the yeah. and the prison, and I I think that might be <laughs> that might be the teaser clip if I can find it uh, because that that's brutal that. People are so crazy about their about their food, right? And even like when you think about when you were a child and some of the the craptastic stuff that my stepmother would make, that I'm like, sometimes I'll eat like it was terrible. It was not good. It was a casserole with tuna fish that she had baked a canned tuna fish with potato chips on top and and noodles. And it's gross. I didn't <laughs> enjoy it at the time, but I if I see it somewhere on a menu, 
I will sometimes get it. I think spam has the same kind of allure yeah. to people who grew up in Hawaii or, um, or or if they ate it a lot as kids. We would occasionally have spam. I have no nostalgia for spam. Uh, yeah, That is very true. And that's a very thing, you know, I've heard because I've, I've in the course of my food studies, I have worked I have worked with, conversed with different people who like the head guy who used to be the head chef of McDonald's. And so much of people, what people want in food is stuff that is nostalgic to their palate. And, and you're totally right with that because that's, and that's why McDonald's, you know, prides itself on the burgers taste the same for, since they've tasted the same for 70 years. Right. And uh, same in in and out burger and, and places like that. And people are hesitant to try new things. People like their things the way they are. And, and just like you said with um, the casserole, I'm that way with like a lot of the things that I had growing up, like, like shake and bake pork chops and Miracle Whip. You know, everybody's always shitting on Miracle Whip. Yeah, yeah. But to me, I love it. Right. People, uh, someone was telling me that they don't eat mayonnaise at all. They will only eat Miracle Whip, which is um, a different food. It's not even, it's not. No, it doesn't have eggs. That's the, I think it's the reason it's like, because it was much more shelf stable than mayonnaise back in the thirties or whatever. And and that's what made it a miracle. Mm -hmm. Um, I recently learned that too. Right. And there's just, there's, I know that there are just exits in New Jersey that just have food scientists just sitting there going, what do you want it to taste like? And, uh, you know. Yes, precisely. Um, Especially in Canada too, where they have all these crazy flavors. Right. Uh, What, uh, so I do, uh, do you have favorite snacks that are like, there, there's a. I have a favorite snack offhand that just came to me, which uh, Andy Andy loves this new processed weird bear claw that is at gas stations, and they have like cherry ones and cream cheese ones, but I can't remember the name of the brand, but it's got an almond paste in it, like a regular bear claw, but it's clearly been mass. Pro- I mean, it tastes like oh wow. It, it's so fluffy that you're like, there's no way there's anything real going on here. This was clearly created by a wizard. Uh, but I love plastic chocolate donuts. Those donuts? Yeah, yeah. Those I'll do with a Coke. And that is not food. That is an entire meal that is not made of, of anything that's food-like. <laughs> it's delightful. Um, I have a couple things that I that I, that I go to. Over and over, one of which is these planters, sweet and spicy peanuts. I think oh. they just came out a year or two ago, and they're not as sweet as honey roasted peanuts, uh, and they're a little spicy. And so those are like a great, you know, snack to have when you're just sitting and watching TV or whatever. And okay. the other thing I do is I have pretz, I get pretz, whatever like the little pretzels are that you know the rolled gold or whatever. Yeah, and I make dips. That's my that's my the thing that I most often do. I like make three or four different dips. Sometimes of like one of them is like a barbecue sauce I want to try. One of them is like maybe some sour cream mixed with sriracha, and uh, you know, or one you of which your, is uh, you make your own. Make my, Bill Oakley makes yeah. his own dips, you guys. Uh, yeah. So you're, you're on a regular basis. On a re- how do what do you make in a barbecue? You're using there's barbecue sauce, but what are you using as a thickener? Do you mix it sour with cream. sour cream? Okay. Yeah. You ever try a plain yogurt? I have not, but I think that would be good. Yeah. It might, it might tone it down. Like sour cream will add flavor to it. And as a guy who likes it all dressed, you may not enjoy a plain yogurt, even though plain yogurt is awesome. uh, Also often very tangy. I should give that a try. I definitely have been doing, I've been making, uh, I make chicken tikka masala every month approximately. And I do, I, I have the chicken like marinated in yogurt 
yeah. and plain yogurt because it makes it more tender and flavorful, mm-hmm. allegedly. So, um, but I haven't, I haven't oh, actually does. eaten the plain yogurt. Oh, okay. Uh, plain yogurt uh, does good work with chicken. There's, uh, I do a, a, a lemon mint olive oil, uh, cumin coriander. Well, the, the marinade is a yogurt with lemon and mint. Oh, that sounds good. And then, um, and then, oh, and garlic, garlic, lemon, and mint. That's all it is. And then you sort of shake it off a little bit, but not completely. And then if you could barbecue it, if you can grill it over the coals. Oh yeah. It's even better. It's even better. But, um, so what do you, so you make a barbecue dip for, for, um, the pretzels? Yes. I make, I make, I make all sorts of whatever I see. I have. I have so much food in this house. Not only that I bought that people have sent to me. I People send me bo- two or three boxes a week of the, you got to try my local barbecue sauce. Okay. You got to try these chips my uncle found or whatever. And so I like, that's a lot of the way to sample those things is I would dip, I dip pretzels in them. And so mustards, one of the things I've learned in the course of these endeavors is that there's so many kinds of mustards that it must, there's, the world of mustard is huge. In fact, there's a mustard museum in Wisconsin. There is Maybe in Madison, this. Wisconsin. I've never <laughs> been, but people keep telling me to go. It's a, the the tiniest of all mustard seeds. It was in the Bible. Uh, but the mustard seed is uh, they grow to be these huge bushes and then they're harvested and you can you can make any kind of mustard. Um, have you ever had a Korean mustard? I don't think so. What's Korean? Is it just for the Chinese mustard? It's it's like a it's like a Chinese, yeah. Actually, I might be thinking of the Chinese mustard, but I bought it at a Korean market. Uh, so, uh, yeah, because it, it, I've had that kind yeah. that like it blows the top of your head off. That is so uh, the Chinese mustard that, that you get with egg rolls sometimes. Right, you know? right, right. It's it's got it's got sort of a real um, nasal passage kind of wasabi vibe. Exactly, exactly. And, but it delicious in moderation. Oh, I love that stuff too, mm-hmm. and it's like. And there's such a huge galaxy of types of mustard and you never see them on the supermarket shelves, you know, and this is one of the things like I have my work, I have my work fridge right here Okay. <laughs> and I have several <laughs> mustards in it that people tell me about. And there's kinds, there's a peppercorn mustard I've discovered. There's a, um, this, this excellent brand that won one of my steamy awards called lusty monk mustard, which comes from North Carolina, which just has like the most, I can't even describe the, it's very flavorful and in a very interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there's, I don't know. I don't even love mustard. It's like potato chips. I don't even love mustard that much, but I've found certain ones that I do love. So those are, again, that goes in what I dip my pretzels in when I sit down to watch TV. Okay. Um, the, I, I love that you make your own dips because it's quite honestly, slightly healthier to make your own dips. And, oh, good. Uh, okay. <laughs> right. Do you ever worry about your health? Do you ever worry about the uh, Yes, the I'm worrying about it now. Yes, I've been, well, I've really indulged myself quite a bit and not so much from food, but from drinking a lot of beer and stuff during, especially during the pandemic, Okay, like a lot of people. And so now I'm cutting down, I'm eating like, I'm trying to make sure that I only have one unhealthy meal a day. Well, there you go. I'm cutting my beers down, you know, from a lot of beers to just a couple right. and that kind of thing. And I've, you know, I've always been going to the gym. So that part is taken care of, but okay. now I've got to reduce my indulgences to I try to keep my indulgences ones that I'm doing for my for my hobby or work rather than just like I'm going to have a huge gross lunch for no reason. Right, right. It's, right. It's uh, found out during lockdown, right before lockdown, my brother one of my brothers ended up losing a bunch of weight cuz he had not realized that twice a week he was going to have lunch at this place and he was having was it a Monte Cristo sandwich? <laughs> Those are so loaded with calories. Yes. It is it is twice a week. 
he would have one and then eat breakfast and dinner. And it's it's like a ham and is it a ham and cheese that's then breaded? And yeah, but it also has, has jelly on it or, jelly or jam on it. And the sugar. whole thing is deep powdered sugar and the whole thing is deep fried. And then I think you also dip it in jelly or something else, too. But it's like it couldn't possibly be more laden with calories right. and so unhealthiness. During lockdown, in the first six weeks of lockdown, he lost 25 pounds. Wow. <laughs> And uh, I was like, when he told me, I was like, what do you mean twice a week you were eating a moderate? That's insane. And because um, I never even heard of the damn sandwich. And Andy was like, oh, they're delicious. And he would occasionally order some weird powdered sugar sandwich out. But I didn't know that was what it was called. <laughs> but he would only eat it like once every three years. So it is hard to stay healthy in in a country that encourages this kind of process, you know, and that are delicious. That's what I think Super Bowl war. Obviously, this is going to air after the Super Bowl. But yeah. like every single thing about the Super Bowl is you need to eat all this pizza and all these wings and all these Doritos and drink all this beer while watching athletes who <laughs> eat watching none of athletes, it. <laughs> right, who eat none of it. And the whole point is like every, there's going to be whatever, there's going to be 22 guys on the field who who don't eat any of that stuff, performing at peak athletic maximum, whatever. Well, everybody else stuffs themselves with right. as much unhealthy food as possible while crazy. watching them. Now, <laughs> I enjoy a chicken wing. I enjoy a, a chicken wing a great deal. You know what I like? I used to go to Hooters because uh, there was one next to my one, one of the clubs I worked at in Minneapolis. And I would always get them naked with a, with a flight. I would get it to go because I don't need to. It was bad enough I was supporting Hooters. <laughs> but uh, they made a pretty good wing. They were not yeah. prohibitively expensive. I always heard that their wings were, I never went there, but was, I always heard that their wings were good. And they are good people who say that, and, and you're just like, you also enjoy very beautiful young women. And that is fine to whatever, as long as you tip well, <laughs> you know, and you're not gross <laughs> to them. Uh, that's fine. But um, the, but I do like, like sort of a, um, I liked, I like them when they're crispy and with no sauce on them or a rub. Yeah. And then a, like a buffalo wing dip. Like a, yeah. Yes. For me, it's blue cheese. That's like, I love the blue cheese. Like that's part of what I like about buffalo wings is that I get to dip them in the blue cheese. If I don't have the blue cheese, I don't want them. Wow. Blue cheese dressing. I don't, I don't know the last time I had blue cheese dressing. <gasps> you got to try it. No, you I should think try I just your tried to, blue cheese. Yeah. I think I only did it with ranch. Um, well, ranch is, is sort of similar textually. So it's an okay substitute. Right. But like, I think blue the traditional. Blue cheese has a different flavor. Especially because if you get the little chunks of blue cheese in yeah. there, which is it, the highlight of it. But I think like traditionally buffalo wings from, you know, from Buffalo, New York, they come with the blue cheese. And I think that's the the way that you're supposed to – that's the way that they were traditionally served. Interesting uh, TV show that I've watched all of uh, is called Murdoch's Mysteries. And it's essentially – think of a, a sort of an NCIS or a Bones uh, kind of murder mystery show, except for it's set in the late 1800s, early 1900s in Toronto. Oh, and, wow. Um, the, and, and it's 15 seasons. They go from 1895, they're in 1910 or something like that. And so we have seen – and the weird thing about this Canadian TV show is that they literally – have invented everything that was ever credited to the United States. It was like, <laughs> they did it first and, or they helped invent it or there it is. He has met Murdoch has met every famous person from 1895 that he could possibly meet Mark Twain, <laughs> Albert Einstein, 
uh, Emma Goldman. It doesn't matter. You know, Teddy Roosevelt. But uh, at one one episode, the police chief goes to uh, Buffalo and they're going to throw away the wings. And he's like, don't throw them out. Just fry them up and give me a side of sauce. And so he. That's about 70 years before that really happened. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, right, of course. And uh, so I don't know if you know this, but Murdoch's Mysteries invented the buffalo wing. I've dropped my pen. That's fantastic. That okay. I think I should see that episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should definitely and Google it because you don't. It's hard. It wasn't hard to get into when we were in lockdown, and I was binging six, seven hours of television a day. Uh, but uh, it might be harder. Plus, it's the kind of show that everybody's everybody's dad has watched the show, and I am the and, and everybody's mom. I think that every, everybody's mom has a crush on the young on the constable who is a stand up comic, and I've heard from the comics from Canada. He's okay. He's, he's a little full of himself. And I was like, well, he's on television and he is beloved by 70 year old ladies. So uh, he's going to get a big head. I've seen that. I've definitely seen it. That maybe it airs on public television. Yeah. Or I feel like, because I've seen it on listings for years. Yeah. It does. It's the weirdest. It's a weird show because Murdoch himself, the actor, has got to be 60 right now, but they've got such a blur on the camera and he wears eyeliner. It is. But it's the it's worth worth giving it a shot because I thoroughly enjoyed because you know how you get it's like uh it's like tuna fish casserole for me I'm in and yeah yeah by the way Bill Oakley it's been an hour uh I don't know if you know this it has flown by it, it flown always by. does it's that's the whole thing it's it's gone almost immediately because you're talking about something you love and I happen to love this topic so I I bogarted some of your time uh, we'll have you back. <laughs> It'll it'll be another episode. My pleasure. Anytime. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?